another show on another fine Wednesday, and this is how we rock and roll and we do things, and it's plain and simple. Welcome, everybody, to a, another episode of Conversation with Shelby Green. I am your host, the main man, Shelby Green. Yes, I said the main man, and I took that from Lobo from DC Comics. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Um, personal life update. I want to thank everybody who supported the show. We are at 803 downloads on this Tuesday evening. I am very, very, very ecstatic with that. Very, very happy with that. And I feel really, really good. And I'm very, very proud of the fact that you guys supported me the way you have. I appreciate you guys. Um, want to point out that, um, you know, I'm back on the diet, back on the gym, feeling really good. I got a goal in the next six, seven months to drop 25 to 30 pounds. I like to have 30, but I'll sell for 25. I'm very, very happy with a lot of things, the way things are going. I feel really good. I'm excited. Just my mindset's really good. Mental health is kicking in the right gear and I'm feeling really good. Now let's get into the things I love, the things that give me headaches, some other topics to talk about. We got a pretty good solid show for you guys. Have some updates too on some things coming up this weekend as well, and it is what it is. Louisville Cardinals football, handle business. Um, I went to a, a certain event that night, so I didn't watch the Louisville football game live. I'll get into the events later. But Louisville football with the win, uh, handle business, Jeff Brom does his thing. I was at work this weekend, last weekend. Everybody's asking me, oh, that money line thing, Louisville covers at 20 and a half. I said, I'll put Virginia covers, man. I'll be a close game. Virginia will cover. And Louisville football pulled it out in a dog fight against Virginia. They found a way to win it. I'm very, very happy with the way things turned out. And it was a very, very good day to be a little. It was a good night to be a Louisville fan. <laughs> the thing about where Louisville was two to three years ago to now, it's amazing for football. Jeff Brom's done a hell of a job, man. I can't even put in the fathom of the words how I feel about Jeff Brom, man. The guy's done a hell of a job. Um, Plain and simple, Jeff Brom um, says his name like five times already. Well, Jeff Brom does this. Jeff Brom does that. And Jeff Brom's done everything right. <laughs> Nine and one, baby. Um, one more game to go. We beat Miami this weekend. We're in the ACC championship game. Here's my thing, man, on this whole the whole ordeal. Ordeal, excuse me. Jeff Brom has struggled against oh, – he, he'll he beat a rank opponent, but he'll struggle with a team that's struggling below 500. And the most Jeff Brom thing happened that night. They get down 21 to 14. They get a stop or whatever, whatever the score was. Jeff Brom comes back down or whatever the score was, comes back down. He goes down there on the next drive, on the offense drive. After Virginia kicks a field goal. Jake Plummer goes out there – oh, was it, was it 24-17 or whatever it was? 24-17. Jack Plummer throws a 50-yard bomb to Higgins Bruce for a touchdown. Then the defense comes to get another stop. And then Azaro Guerrero takes off on the next offensive possession for a 75-yard run. That seals the deal, basically. <laughs> the most Jeff Prom thing ever, ain't it? Um, I think this is to say that Jeff Prom should be the front, the front runner for coach of the year in college football. I really believe that. Um, Jeff has done a fantastic job of – what he's done, he hit the portal hard, did a lot of things. I'm just very excited um, what we do, what Louisville's done. I mean, he's done a great job. The city's been united. The fan base is excited about football. It's just a good time, and I'm very, very happy with what he's done. Got to finish the job, take care of Miami, got a shot. And then, of course, we got the big one next weekend against Kentucky. That's gonna, And Kentucky's going to get an ass beating. 
Everybody who knows it, Kentucky has got an ass beating coming because it's time to get things right the way it used to be. Amen to that. Then we go to Charlotte, North Carolina for the ACC championship game, and we're going against Florida State, and we'll see what happens after that. I'm excited. Um, I want to also talk about Jake Plummer for a little bit. Jack Plummer, Jake Plummer, whatever. Plummer, um, people have given him a lot of shit. Um, talk about about how Plummer, you know, he's not, he's not the right guy for Louisville. He shouldn't be the quarterback. He needs to be benched. Blah 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 blah. All this bullshit I hear. And I make this real clear. Who on that starting that, that everyone wants to see Pierre Clarkson so bad. Everyone wants to see Clarkson so bad. Everyone wants to see Clarkson so bad. Everyone wants to see Clarkson so bad. People don't realize how hard it is to run that system. How hard that system is to operate. That system is very, very hard to understand as a quarterback. Because there's so many there's so many things they do. They run the ball. You can run the ball, play action pass, roll out pass, roll out quarterback draws, quarterback runs. I mean, there's just so much things to learn at offense, and people don't realize that. And um, I just think it's just one of those things you just go, damn. Like we got a lot of guys that can do things. Plummer does a good job, man. He does a lot of things I enjoy. There's some things he makes me scratch my head, like what the fuck are you doing? But he, I also know he is really good with the. He doesn't. He when Jack when Plummer tries to do too much, he does a great job. When he tries to do too much, it's 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 too it's it's difficult. But when he's calm, he's cool, he's directed, and he's just picking you apart like Dinkin and Duncan and Bing 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 darting you. He's money. And I think this weekend Plummer is going to have to make some throws for us because I think Miami is going to try and stock, stack the box and stop our running game. And he's going they're going to have to stack the box against us. Um, personally, in my opinion, I think he can't. we can't turn the ball over this weekend against Miami. So Plummer cannot have his, one of his fumble interception things. God, receivers also got to catch the fucking ball too. Let's be honest about that not turn the ball into the interceptions either. But overall, Louisville's going to find ways to win, and I think they will pull it out. They're a one-and-a-half-point one favorite, and it means that um, they they should – they're favored to win. It's going to be a tough game against Miami. Miami has nothing to lose. Also, another thing, too, about back to Plummer, Louisville fans on think, oh, he should be benched. They should have benched him a long time ago. He ain't the fucking answer, blah, 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 blah. Here's the thing. The guy's 9-1 as a starting quarterback in the University of Louisville. Why would you bench him now? I mean, that logic makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? I mean, some little fans make me fucking scratch my fucking head. Like, do you guys hear yourself? Do you guys hear yourself, man? It just just makes no... It just makes no sense when you guys say this shit. It makes no sense at all when you guys do this. And that's a fact. Um, It's amazing what they've done. It's amazing what they've done. And I'm very, very happy with things, what they have had. And I'm very, very fortunate, very, very happy that Brahm is at the Universal where he belongs. And, yeah. Um, now, let's get into it. Since it's talking about a little football, you're not going to talk about a little basketball. And, um... Um. Yeah. Um. I, I don't get it. <laughs> oh, my head hurts already trying to discuss this shit. All right. So, 
Kenny Payne, the University of Louisville's basketball coach, played at Louisville in the 1980s, blah, 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 blah. Get that out of the way. Louisville's men's program is struggling. It's struggling, and I don't get it. Um, I really believe that Kenny Payne can turn this program around. I think the talent-wise is better than last year. I really believe that. Also comes down to coaching. I think the clock is ticking on Kenny Payne. I really do. And it's early in the season, I know. I think Louisville, I said at the beginning of the year on this podcast, before the season started, that right before the Monday night game last week, I said to myself, and I actually put, not to myself, but on the program, that Louisville is going to win some games this year, but they're going to lose, like, we're going to be like, hell yeah, they're they're coming back, and Louisville's coming back, and then they're going to lose some games like, what the fuck? But still being home down 21 points Chattanooga at home is ridiculous. Louisville is struggling. And it's a fact. I just really believe that Louisville basketball can come back with the right situation. Louisville's been through some shit. The board of trustees fucked this program up from the get-go when they fired Rick Pitino. Louisville did the right thing, though. Hindsight being 2020, if they knew what was going to happen, they would never fire Pitino. But let's be honest, they did the right thing. The University of Louisville has been through some shit in it, the history of the members program. And, you know, they did a scan the first two games of the season, less than 6,000 people in attendance. It's a shame. It's a shame and it sucks. The media has not stopped. They have stopped from, they have not stopped since day one. Since day one, the first week of Kenny Payne, the moment Kenny Payne started missing our recruits in the portal last season, people were calling a bum, he can't do this, he can't, and the support was not there. Everybody else wants to point the finger, the blame at the, the coaching staff, but the players, because Kamari Lance is playing well at Arizona State. Eli Ellis is playing well at Arkansas. And Sidney Curry is playing well at Grand Canyon. Now, I will state this. I think Eli Ellis could have went anywhere in the country and played, and he's playing his ass off for Arkansas. Good for him. Um, you got the uh, – <clears throat> what is it? You turn around, you got um, Kamari Lance playing at Arizona State. I mean, originally he com- he was going to – it came down to Louisville, Arizona State, and somebody else. When he committed for Syracuse, Arizona State was recruiting him, and then of course he goes in and he, um, you know, he's playing well at Arizona State, so good for them. But here's the thing about Sidney Curry, and I mean this, I don't, I'm not knocking Sid, but let's be honest, the guys is playing well for Grand Canyon University for God's sakes. Like, come on, man, can we please stop the notion? Some guys are meant to play different programs. Some guys are not meant to play the high-level programs. Well, look at the year he had underneath Mac and Pegasus. Look at the year he had underneath Kenny Payne. Well, look what different systems for different folks. He wasn't meant to play in the system that they had. And also, it's about energy and effort. What was wrong with Kenny? I mean, what was wrong with Sydney last year? He had two great games all year last year, and that was it. And then here's another thing. Everybody wants to talk about Chris Mack and how much we shouldn't fire Chris Mack, blah, blah, blah. Chris Mack quit on that program. He quit. Now, I know Mack had some bullshit going on with the president and the Dino situation. I get it. But he quit. He walked away and quit on guys. <clears throat> and look what happened. Look where it got us. And y'all have the nerve to come out there and say... As I take a drink, that boy should never fired Mac. We should never fired him. We should have kept him. We should have done this. We should have done that. Give me a fucking break. Look, man. 
talent wise, this is got this Louisville team has a lot of talent. You know, everyone's top point about well, look at Max's first recruiting class. He had the Louisville six Avengers, and how that class panned out. Let's go down the list. David Johnson from Louisville was smart enough. He got away from Mac and went pro early. Went pro way too early, in my opinion. Sam Williamson was a five-star recruit, the McDonald's All-American, that, plain and simple, got worse as years went on. Um, Adrian Ogawa, injured, never got a chance. Quincy Zisky was a hard-working three-star recruit that Mac forced out for Mac Cross. How did that end up coming up? So there's four. Let's start with the last two. Josh Nickelberry, his first recruit to commit the University of Louisville. What did Nickelberry do? What happened with Nickelberry? Hmm? He, Nickelberry never got a chance. Played well as sophomore year stretch, but never got a chance. And then the fifth, the sixth and final member of that class, the most talented guy in that class, Jalen Withers, was basically a head case. You didn't know what you were going to get with Jalen Withers. It's like, why does every single thing that you guys want to point out about the negativity of Louisville, it's like some people want Kenny Payne to fail just to be right. they rather see Kenny get fired and Louisville basketball fail than get out. seems like some people would rather do that. And that's sickening to me. I don't understand it. Now, I understand you guys feel the way about coaching, how you don't, you think he's not going to work out, this and that, blah, blah, blah. We'll see. I'm going to the Yum tomorrow night. And obviously, as I record this on Tuesday night, I mean Wednesday, I'm going to be at the Yum for the Coppin State game. And I'm rooting, and I want to see a win. I want to see effort. I want to see energy. I want to see something happen. But also, I'm at the mindset where. Excuse me, that belch. I apologize if you heard that. If I'm at the mindset where I'm at right now with Louisville basketball, I sit there and say, things have to change, and they got to change quickly. I think if I want Louisville, the NCAA tournament is a must to happen. It has to happen. But if it don't happen, if Kenny Payne has a winning record, then guess what? They get in, they, and he'll get a year three. If Kenny Payne finishes below that, or if you see drastic improvement, if they're losing games and they're in close encounters with teams and they're competing, it's not the standard level, but man, it's progress, I guess. Kenny Payne's trying to do something that would have done took what happened what what happened ten to fifteen years ago, or even five years ago. Kenny Payne would have wants to go old school and do a two to three to four year rebuild, and you just cannot do that. And I think I know, and I can see what he's doing. He's going to try and do certain things, but we'll see. Kitty, I think he's a smart guy. I think he means well. I think he wants to do well. The job might be too big for him. It might be. It might not. It might be too big for him. I'm rooting for him. I want him to succeed. I root for anybody. I root for Max Ballheaded ass at the University of Louisville, and I got a lot of shit for that. God, man, Twitter just does not let up, man, sometimes. Well, let's just hope that Kenny Payne comes in and does his thing and get these guys play well tomorrow night. Coppin State's gonna be the second the, the second worst team they played all year, all year so far. Louisville should have won. They should not. That should which I knew they not should not have happened. But like I said, they were gonna win some games this year and they're gonna lose some games. I mean, go like what the fuck? But being down twenty one points to home at Chattanooga is ridiculous. Nobody fears us. Nobody gets into us. Nobody fucking nobody gets in. Nobody's scared of us. People used to be afraid of Louisville. Like, oh my God, we got Louisville on our schedule. They used to matter. That's the problem, the fear. And part of that went away when Patino got fired, unfortunately. And unfortunately, it sucks. It definitely sucks. 
I pray to God Louisville gets back because the city needs it more than anything, man. That city down there needs it. I know football's doing well. It's doing great, absolutely. But let's be honest. I'm like everybody else. I love football. It's doing well. But it ain't nothing like basketball. And it's just a fact. <sighs> man, oh, man. Now, uh, let's talk about And I got like – and I'll have three games to cover. And I just realized I will have three games to cover next week. The Coppin State game, the Texas game, and the, the either the winner or loser of the UConn-Indiana game. So, I got a lot of work next year. I got a lot of little shit to talk about next week. Yada, yada, yada. And also about another thing. There's some, been some shit that's been said. Well, it was a woke hire – the only reason why Kenny got the job was because of Black Lives Matter. Um, Simmons University's run the the run the University of Louisville. There somebody some people are making this a race thing, and I will make this real clear. If you have that thought, keep it to yourself because that shit don't fly with me. It just does not fly with me, and I think it's a fucking joke and a half that people are literally being this way, and it makes me sick to my fucking stomach that people want to sit there and point that out. It makes me sick to my fucking stomach when people do that shit. And I cannot stand it. And it's just, ugh, it makes me sick to my stomach. It just fucking irritates me that people have to go that route. And people buy into it and they feed into it and they agree. Well, he didn't get the job because he was a well coach. No, he got a job because he was a top assistant at the University of Kentucky. Recruited a lot of guys in Kentucky. And, it ha- and what happened? He came to the University of Louisville. Now everybody's nitpicking everything they're doing. And I'm just sick of it. I'm rooting my ass off for them. I want them to do well. If not, three options I would go with. These are the three guys that I would immediately try to get a hold of. Number one is Scott Drew at the University of Baylor. Scott Drew is the king of the transfer portal, can get things done. Eric Munslin, because of energy and effort, I'd like him. And Dusty May for Florida Atlantic. I believe that's for Dusty May. Young, fiery, that. And I think the reason why a lot of people look at Kenny Payne like he doesn't coach well because he's not allowed. He's not really like fucking moving with his body. He doesn't do a lot of things. He's kind of like laid back and very slow. But there's a lot of things Kenny does that I just, yeah, it just I, I just, I'm having a hard, hard time just trying to defend this man because it's getting irritating. I'm rooting for the guy. I want him to do well, but man, it's just enough. And Louisville fans are just not letting up from day one, man. They some guys, I we should have never hired this guy. It's not going to work. He's da-da-da-da-da. It's just whatever. And then I see some of these fans, well, Kyle Hurry planted him here to kill the program. Really? The program was dead anyway at this point. Newsflash, Shaw, uh, we've had two straight losing seasons. We're on a third brink that everybody thinks we're not going to win more than five games this year. Give me a fucking great a, a break. My God. People get on my fucking nerves. Louisville, there are some fans out there at Louisville that are so logical and educated. It's, it's incredible. But there are some fans out there that I'm like, why do you guys even fucking try to exist being calling yourself a fan? My God. <sighs> my head hurts sometimes. It really does. One more thing before we get we'll talk a little NFL, a little college football. But let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers getting a win. Steelers are 6-3. and three. I don't know how. Well, I do know how. Mike Tomlin, that's how. Um, second straight week that Matt Canada has been on the sidelines calling plays and being with his team, and they won games. First, The first half, that was the best first half the Steelers have had offensively in almost a year, scoring 17 points. Um, don't score six points the rest of the game. we got to finish games. The Steelers should have had – at least 31 to 35 points there and there. They should, it should have happened. 
Kenny Pickett missed some throws, and everybody's on Kenny Pickett's ass. Steeler fans are. Here's my thing about Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett is talented. If Kenny Pickett don't work out this year, next year, they'll probably go a different route, excuse me, next season. I look at Kenny Pickett and I go, there's something about there's something there I don't I don't doesn't click for me. But also I look at the things, for example, he threw a beautiful deep ball past Deontay Johnson that Johnson should have brought in and he dropped. He also had a um he also had a pass to George Pickens that would ice the game, and Calvin Austin ran in collision with one of the with the guy he was defending on a shallow cross, and we all know what happened with that. Call the game back. But I will make this real clear. The Steelers' defense creates turnovers. They still they get to the quarterback well. And not only that, also, you look at that um you look at that running game. If Najee Harris and Jalen Warren run the ball well enough like that the last two weeks, they can beat anybody. Now, their next five games are big. At Cleveland, at Cincinnati, Arizona at home, New England home, and then at coming here to Indianapolis. I would like to see the Steelers in these next five games go four uh, go four and one. I think they can go four and one. The Cincinnati Cleveland game, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get both of those. I don't think you get both of those. But these five other, the other three games are those other, those other two games. The other three are winnable. They're very winnable. The at Indianapolis game is going to be a dogfight. The Colts are going to come to play, so they have to be ready to play for that. Either way, it is what it is. But I will state that I feel like the Steelers are in good position. They're six and three, being outscored and outgained. It's incredible. It's incredible, man, that they're able to do this. And it's just, it's incredible. It's just incredible they're able to do this. College football, um, it's just, it's just amazing they're able to do it. I was jumping to the next subject, just reading my notes, guys. I'm just, I'm, it's just, it's just amazing. It, it's another thing. I'm sitting here complimenting little football, having my scratching my head against little basketball because I know they're young and dumb and whatever, you know, whatever. And there's things that coaching-wise and Kenny Payne all this other stuff. But the Steelers, I'm really scratching my head like, how in the fuck does Tomlin keep doing this? And by the way, Jeff Brom pro, uh, should be college football coach of the year in my opinion. Mike Tomlin should be the, NFL, uh, be the NFL coach of the year. They make the playoffs. You, How can you not give Tomlin that job? How can you not give Tomlin that award? How can you not? Yeah, man. So, before I wrap up my sports talk, let's go ahead and get into some college football and NFL talk real quick. Plain and simple, guys. Um, the college football landscape is going crazy right now with a lot of things. Um, I look at things with the college football playoff and stuff right now. And let's go ahead and get in these standings real quick. If you look at the college football, uh, uh, college football, the, the rankings – the top four teams in the country right now that are in the playoff list right now are Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, and Florida State. Obviously, the the, the top the rankings are coming in tonight for the college football playoff. Here's my thing, guys. In my opinion, who do I think is number one? I still believe, and this is just a lot of the rundown of what I think as I belch. Here are my top four teams in the, my college football playoff. Number one is the University of Georgia. I think Georgia's starting to turn it on a little bit, and we're starting to see Georgia what they do. The number two team in the country, I still think it's the Michigan Wolverines. And the whole sign thing, let me point this out there. Everybody's been stealing signs. And I really believe this. I think Ohio State and the Big Ten were behind us because Michigan's been kicking everybody's ass. 
people that are, are doing still in the science and not realize it's been going on for years. And you guys are just running with it, making the media is running with it, making a bigger deal than what it is. Shut up. Michigan is number two. Three, I'm going to go with Florida State. I still think Florida State is better than the number four team in the country, which I think is Ohio State. I think they are the best four teams in the country. Now, the next four teams are on the outside looking at number five. I will go with the Washington Huskies. I think Washington is right there on the cuff. And the and they will jump in that when when either Ohio State or Michigan lose that final game of the, the season. Then you look at number who's the sixth team in the country, and I really believe, in my opinion, it's the Alabama Crimson Tide. They're coming on, guys. Here they come. Bama's starting to turn it on. As my alarm goes off for me, the um, Alabama's coming. You can hear it. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. The number seven team in the country, I'm going to go with the Oregon Ducks. I think Oregon's only loss they've had this year is against, um, obviously, Washington. We'll see what happens with that. Because, obviously, the Pac-12 title game, that's going to have a lot of eyebrows raised when they play each other again. And the number eight team in the country, in my opinion, is the Texas Longhorns. I think the Texas is right there with them. And I'll go with Texas. That being said, I think Louisville is the next team that's right on the cuff. They're knocking in on the door. And that's really it. I think those are the only teams that you could see going to the college football playoff now at this time. But either way, man, it's a uh, it's an interesting take, man. It's very interesting. Things are really getting shaking college football land. NFL-wise, as I run down some NFL scores real quick, as I pull it up, do-do-do-do. So let's start it off. So Thursday night, the Panthers played the Chicago Bears. Piss in of a game. Colts played the Patriots early Sunday morning. Piss in a game. Buccaneers beat the Titans. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is playing his ass off for the Buccaneers. Looking great. The 49ers smoked the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the 49ers look like they're becoming that well machine again. And you're not going to be able to stop that front four. Texas going, the Texans go on the road to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. My cap to this is this. C.J. Stroud is the NFL MVP frontrunner, in my opinion, and rookie of the year. You heard it here first. Or I'm going to, or whatever. <laughs> Vikings, Josh Dobbs gets another win against the Saints. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> just another one. It's just, wow. Just Josh Dobbs has done some great things this year. I mean, my God. I tried to pick him up on Fantasy Squad. Hopefully it got clear today. Cleveland Browns come from behind to beat the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson, I love you, man, but, man, you can't turn the ball over like this. You can't turn the ball over like this. And it's also on the Ravens' play calling, too. Why are you trying to score points? Just run the ball, run the clock out. You're up two scores going to the fucking fourth quarter, I believe. Yeah, they're up two scores going to the fourth quarter. Makes no sense. Um, the Lions go on the road to beat the Chargers. Dan Campbell has these Detroit Lions. And I'm telling you right now, nobody's talking about these Detroit Lions, man. They're 7-2. and two. They got a chance, guys. They really got a chance. Cardinals come from behind to beat the come from behind to beat the Atlanta Falcons. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how to feel about this one. Two bad teams going against each other. Atlanta should be better than what they are, but whatever. Seahawks beat the Commanders in a in a 26 29-26 tight game. Commanders are going to be in a fire cell here soon. They're going to be rebuilding. Sam Howell looks like their quarterback for the future, but they need to build around a little bit better, in my opinion. Cowboys beat the shit out of the Giants like they should have. I'm not taking no take for it. Nothing in for it. I think the Cowboys are pretty damn good, but the Giants are fucking horrible. Raiders beat the Jets. The Jets are just a quarterback away, man. 
Wilson ain't the guy, and Andrew Aaron Rodgers is. And then yesterday, Monday Night Football, the Broncos and the Bills. Um, the Broncos are turning it on, and Josh Allen looks average. Hey, tell you this, Josh Allen does not look that good, y'all. Josh Allen looks pretty fucking bad, to be honest with you. And I'm standing on that one with that one for sure. Josh Allen does not look good at all. He don't. And, you know, we talk about overrated players. You know, everybody wants – I remember there was a talk that Josh Allen was the best quarterback in pro football. I'm like, you guys forget about Pat Mahomes all you want. (laughs) My God. All right, so what happened on Thursday? Anybody knows me knows that I am a massive creature of the night, which means is I am an Undertaker fan. And as I look through my – my Undertaker one man dead one dead man show program I got. Oh, I forgot to mention this. Thursday night I went to the old National Center here at the universe at the universe at downtown Indianapolis to the Egyptian room and went and saw the Undertaker's one man dead man show and had a fucking blast. Um, great time. Um, Undertaker did a Q and A thing, basically with, like told stories and stuff, took answers to call, uh, questions from people. It was a great time. Now, um, I will state this: when you went went to the show, you had they had this thing where they had this thing where you had to put your phone in a, a back case. You could have your phone out because they were using the record for spe- for some for footage and stuff. Um, the Undertaker, uh, everybody knows me knows that I am a massive Undertaker fan. As a matter of fact, there's the only person in this world that has meant more to me than The Undertaker is my father. That's a fact. Um, I was a wrestling fan first before anything. And Undertaker's always been that like that guy. Like, for example, for I've talked about my mental health and like my struggles with mental health and anxiety 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 and depression. But for whatever reason, when I can turn on Raw or SmackDown and Undertaker was on, all my issues went away. I just loved just love Taker, man. Watching him as working a ring, and I also thought he was just like a—he was just a cool-looking dude, man. Be that tall, and with the tattoos, the biker look, the dead man look, whatever. And it was a great time. Um, if the one-man dead man show comes to you, and you were just a casual wrestling fan, or you're just a solid wrestling fan, go see it. I think you have a good time, and the tickets are were not that expensive. I think I paid twenty-five bucks for my ticket, but I had a blast. Taker told some great stories. Of course, being here in Indianapolis, he talked about WrestleMania with Jake Roberts. He told some great Jake Roberts stories. That was pretty damn funny. Uh, took some Q&A with stuff. Um, probably the highlight story for me was he told a story about how Jake and uh, him got pulled over by the cops and they'd been drinking beer all the time. And he also told a story about um, how the cops, they kind of ribbed Taker and uh, they were messing with him, and they almost went to jail that night because Taker, they opened the car door and beer cans fell all out of the car and shit. It was just a good night, man. It was a good night to be a, a, a it was just a good time. Um, and I know there's some fans, little fans that goes, how did you miss going to the, why would you miss a little football game for The Undertaker? I'll make this real clear to you, and people will get this analogy. Little football was very important in my life. A little basketball is the most, it's absolutely outside my family, the most important thing in my life. But I'll make this real clear to you. I don't know much how many times I'm going to get to see The Undertaker live in person again. And that was my thing for this. Taker's slowing down, man. You know, he doesn't wrestle no more. He's retired. And to see this one man, dead man shows was something I needed to see. And I was very, very happy with what I saw. 
I had a good time. Um, yeah, and also my buddy Virgil Pat, shout out to him. He went with me. Virgil's he's been on the show before in the past. Virgil's a great guy, good friend. Damn near Virgil and I are close, man. We're tight. And also I want to shout out Dave's Hot Chicken, by the way. On the Facebook page, Dave Hot Chicken was fucking fire. It was delicious. So I had a great time, man. I was very, very excited to be at this one. And uh, also I'm gonna post a, I'm gonna post a TikTok later of this program, but this fucking program I got of all these great badass pictures of just Taker's career, man. He's even got a couple WCW photos in here. I mean, when it was me and Mark Callis. There was some USWA stuff in here from his, his early days in the business. I mean, just a lot of cool shit. It is a it's a badass, it's a badass, um, badass program. Yeah, man, I'm just very, very, um, I'm very, very happy with a lot. I'm very, very happy with what I ha- what happened to me the other night with that. Very, very happy. So, also want to point out: Has anybody watched the new Goosebumps show on Disney Plus? Because I just started watching it. I'm one or two episodes in. I fucking love it. What a great reboot by Disney. Now I will state this: I think Disney has put out a lot of content, too much content. Yes, I know about low low key season two ending, and I thought it was great. But outside of the season was kind of dull in my opinion. But it was a great way to end the show in my opinion. We're leading to the Avengers game, the Avengers saga with Kang. Um, I will state this: Disney has a weird thing where they push out like they they pushed out so much content at once. It was just hard to keep up. Like for example. They pushed out a lot of Marvel stuff, and a lot of people are, are kind of faltering on the Marvel, Marvel Marvel stuff. But let's be honest, Star Wars on Disney Plus has been money, in my opinion. They haven't made a bad show on Star Wars at all, including Star Wars on Disney Plus. And what they've done with Goosebumps has been pretty damn good. I'm very excited what they're doing, and I cannot wait to see what else they do. I'm, I'm one or two episodes in. What caught my attention was that when they, re- they announced this reboot, that Justin Long was going to be was going to be a part of it. And Long, you know, it's weird. Justin Long is like like Sean Ben, um, Sean Ben, who I believe his name is the guy who's he's like that well famous British actor, but he dies in almost every film he's in. Um, Justin Long is like the the horror ver- the horror version of that, where he's like always gets in these situations where he gets fucked up. Jeepers Creepers, um, um, uh, Tusk, Barbarian, all these fucking movies, and now he's in this film, and he's like. I'm like, that caught my attention, so it's been very good. So, so far, so well. I'd really like the Goosebumps. Please watch that show and give it a chance. Um, updates on future things. So, Sunday, obviously, we got AEW Full Gear. Price, My buddy Price and I on the Facebook page, we have talked about going live and after the show and doing a full review on that. That will happen. Um, also, want to point out that um, Price and I have been talking about doing some other projects. That will be announced later as time comes. The YouTube channel. I've been asked questions. I've been asked what's going on with that. January to February will be a launch date. We are working on that. Getting a YouTube channel going. Something quick and easy. Something simple. A review series or something to talk about. Because obviously my goal is is to do more reviews on the podcast. More movie reviews. Get back to what I used to do. And I'm very, very excited to bring that to you guys. Also, another thing I want to point out too. Starting now on Wednesdays, Wednesday mornings, I am going to open up a question and answer thing with you guys. Send me questions at greenshelby0310 gmail.com with, with the 10 of the email, hashtag AskShelbo, A-S-K-S-H-E-L-B-O. Send it to me and ask me questions. And this is what I'm pointing this out. Nothing personal, like nothing about my personal life, my family, nothing. But ask me questions about wrestling, sports, Films, 
horror movies, action movies, anything, television, anything. Nothing personal, no politics, no nothing. But send me questions about stuff like that, and I will answer you on the show starting next Wednesday. I want to at least get five, ten Q&A things, make a little segment out of it. Let's have some fun, y'all. Let's get into it or whatever. And before I close the show, I just want to let you guys know this from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate all your guys' support. It's been fantastic. I am fucking thrilled. And also, I want to let you know, Happy Thanksgiving early as well. I'll announce on the show. Obviously, I should announce next week. But anyway, final take before everything. Please, your mental health matters. Take care of yourselves. Enjoy the holidays. And remember one thing that I always lay out with you every time I get on this show. I don't bullshit. I just tell it like it is straight up. And that might be a t-shirt one day for some merch. Never know. Have a good one, y'all.